With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, and thank you for joining us this morning for the Breakfast with the Pastors talk show. I'm your host, Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Joining me today, I have our pastors, the senior pastors of Transformation Church International, and that would be Pastor Clarence and his lovely wife, Tanya Johnson. I also have with me co-pastor Louis Young III. He's my co-pastor at Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City. First, I want to thank the Open Mic Broadcast Network on the Gospel Channel for making this possible, along with, of course, our Lord and Savior Jesus, for allowing us to be here today for the talk show. Want to give all the glory and the honor to Christ our Savior for permitting us to be on the airwaves. Before we get started, I want to just go ahead and open with prayer. And I'm asking Pastor Clarence Johnson if he would just lead us in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. First of all, thanking you for another opportunity to be on the radio, Father. We pray for all those that are listening. Father, we pray that something will be said or scripture read or that will encourage those listening today. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Allow your precious Holy Spirit to have his way on this broadcast. We bless you now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Today, we're going to discuss a subject called stewardship. There are a lot of people wondering, what is stewardship? Well, let's go to the word over in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And it reads as follows. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Verse 2 says that he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. When you think about stewardship, the definition of it, it says a stewardship is somebody who manages somebody else's property, finances, or household. Stewardship is an ethic that embodies the responsibility, the responsible planning and management of resources. The concepts of stewardship can be applied to the environment, people, and so forth. We're going to discuss exactly what it is and what the Bible is referring to in the reference to the stewardship. Amen. Amen. Come on, Pastor Clarison. Tell me what you think about that particular subject. Well, 
when you were reading that scripture, uh, it brings to mind, and, and even the definition that you're given of stewardship, that a steward is a manager of mm-hmm. someone else's property. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about the Bible, and we understand that God owns everything. That's right. So we, as being stewards, we are managing what belongs to God, mm-hmm. whether it is uh, the money that we make on our job, if God gave us the ability to earn it, it's his money. We're just managing that money. Mm-hmm. Whether it is our health, whether it's our family, everything belongs to God. So we want to be good stewards of God's property. Mm-hmm. We want to take care of God's property and, and make sure that when he looks at us and he looks at what we're doing, we don't want to be found like this this steward here that's in trouble with his master. Mm-hmm. We want to take care of God's property. And if we know that God owns everything, mm-hmm. everything we have mm-hmm. is his, mm-hmm. even the money in our pocket belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, Pastor Lewis. Amen. Well, I understand, and that is good. You look at the definition of stewardship. You know, I always like to give definitions so people understand. Um, the definition of stewardship means the activity, a job of protecting and being responsible for something also means the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. You know, the careful and responsible management of something that is entrusted to someone. Meaning God doesn't trust us with, you know, things. One, he entrusts us with his word. You know, how we're going to handle this word, whether it be our own personal life, or how we're going to handle the word to be able to minister to others, you know. So I look at stewardship, meaning that, you know, in order for somebody to be have stewardship, you got to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look at being a good steward, are you accountable? Mm-hmm. Are you trustworthy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because in order for you to be a steward of something, that means that somebody has to say, you're worthy for me to import something into you or to give you something or put you over something, knowing that you have my best interest at hand, mm-hmm. that you're not going to take advantage of me or misuse what I have given you, but you're going to have it in proper order. Mm-hmm. So can you be a good steward? Can you be accountable? And it's based on being a tra- you know having a good track record. I ran track. So can my team depend on me? Mm-hmm. So God always asks, can I depend on you? We already know God's dependable. He wants to know, can we be dependable to carry out his word in the land? Amen, amen. You know, and thinking about this stewardship, all of us have been given gifts that we could use for the kingdom of God. It does not matter what kind of gift it is, but we all have them. In Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, the Lord makes a statement, and he says, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. In that particular passageway, when he had given the talents, it's according to your ability to manage that of talents that he has given, that ability to use what you have, not according to someone else's talents, not according to their frame, but according to your frame and your makeup. We know the story that says that when he gave it to five, 
he went out and what? He made five more, right? That was according to his talent. That was according to his ability to manage that. Then he gave two to the other one because he was uh, able to manage that. I'm reminded of the gifts and talents that various one has. And a lot of times people will say, well, why can't I sing like a certain person? It seems like their anointing is just off the chain. Right. And another person, theirs is off the chain, but you can't compare them because of their gifting. But they're all anointed. The stewardship is to make sure that when God comes back, that that he entrusted us with, he's going to see if we use it to do what? Why is he doing this? Just why? Or why did he give us that to use it for what? His glory and honor, so that when he come back, he's gonna look at what you did plus that interest. Yeah. What do you think about it, uh, Pastor Clarence? Amen. Well, I tell you, God wants everything that He gives us. He wants us to go forward with it. Uh-huh, he doesn't uh-huh. want us to sit on it and dig, uh-huh. dig a hole and put in the ground. That's what the, the one did. The man did. He said, "I know you're a hard man, and I didn't want to lose what you gave me, but." But the Lord wants us to go and take what he's given us and to grow with it. And also, just, just thinking about being a steward, we know that, as I said, everything belongs to God. But also, when it comes to serving in ministry and, and, mm-hmm. and working for God, mm-hmm. he wants you to, to be a good steward working in the house of God. Come on, yeah. You know, I, I was looking at the scripture in, in Luke chapter 16. It talks about... Uh, it says, he that is faithful in, in that which is least uh-huh. is faithful also in much. Uh-huh. And he that is unjust in the least is uh-huh. unjust also in much. Mm-hmm. If therefore you have not been faithful yep. in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true mm-hmm. riches? Mm-hmm. And verse 12 says, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, mm-hmm. who shall give you that which is your own? Mm-hmm. So talk about being a good steward. Man, if God has placed you in a church somewhere, you serve and you work, not just to be a man pleaser, you're serving God, mm-hmm. but you be faithful to help that pastor or somebody bring that vision that God has given him, and God will give you your own. You know, Amen. I, I like that. And uh, you see so many people, they come into the body of Christ where God has led them and directed them. But sometimes they want to get above and ahead mm-hmm. of whoever is there in order that their gifts would be used. But sometimes it's to keep what God has given to you and let God grow it. For an example, there might be a position at church to just be the janitor or janitress. And if the leadership there can, can trust you with you doing a good job, elevation is going to come. I've known so many people that says, well, then, I am a good teacher of children, youth, and adults, and why don't you use me there to teach there where it's a a position open to teach, and why did he take another person and put them there and put me here on cleaning? Why is that? Because... You know, God is looking at the heart of a person, and it goes back to what you just read, Pastor Clarence. If you could be faithful over this little and keep it that, and you do it with a spirit of excellence, 
promotion is automatic there. But they, God wants to see if we're going to be faithful in that that he has given to us, regardless of how it is. If I can't trust you with that little, how am I going to make you ruler over much? If you cannot be faithful in the assignment that God has given to us, we all have assignment in our stewardship. You cannot be able to manage a million dollars, hallelujah. If you cannot manage the dollar, to manage the dollar requires faithfulness, obedience, in order to do that. And if he can't trust you with that, how can you expect to be over others? Look at it with our children. I, I know we all have kids, little ones and big ones and so forth. How would you trust your 10-year-old to drive your car if they first can't keep their room clean? And before they can get to driving the car, there are steps that they have to do before they can get there. Do you, you, you follow what I'm, where I'm going on that? It's, it's called stewardship. How well do you manage that? And when we as parents, we look at our children we see the gifts and callings on them. So what we do is what? We begin to entrust them with small things in order to get them to the bigger things. I feel that anointing in there. Come on, Co-Pastor Lewis. Amen, amen. This is what, what, what I think of. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. <laughs> amen, amen. You, you said a powerful word. When you talked about stewardship, it takes me to hear. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. When you think about the word required, the definition of required means to demand as necessary are essential. There's a requirement. It's not an option. God is looking for people who will be faithful. When we think about being faithful over a little, a lot of people want a lot of stuff, but they don't like to work in the trenches. That's true. We talk about, you know, working behind the scenes, and we talk about can you be faithful, can you be loyal. A lot of people like to be up front, but nobody knows what happens in the back. And God want to know, you know, can you clean the toilet? I know it's not going to step on a lot of people's toes right there because some people think that, you know, I'm too educated to get on my knees and clean. Can you pick up the trash in the church? What about in the parking lot? See, people want to do it where they can be seen. God wants to know, can you do it even if nobody sees you? Because you're not working unto man, but you're actually working unto God. And if you can be faithful in just the little things, God will bless you because promotion really comes from God. Because if man promotes you, man can also take you down. But God says when he elevates you, it is a totally different thing when God elevates the person. Because people can hate you, they can try to take you down, but when God elevates you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So when I look at, look at being a steward, I look at can you submit yourself to God? It's more than submitting yourself to a person or to your past because you're saying, well, God, if this is the pastor that you put me up under, I like what you said on. 
Pastor CJ, Pastor Johnson, <laughs> when you say, you know, can you work up under the pastor of the church that you're at? The answer should be yes, because if God placed you in that place to do a job, you got your gifts and your talents and your abilities. Can you do it with a whole heart and be pleased and be faithful in serving? Because it takes you back to serving good. Can you be a servant? See, Jesus came, even though he was in all power, but he was still yet a servant. So can we be a servant and be faithful and have good stewardship? You know, you said something about can you clean the toilet? And, man, that takes me back because when I first got in the ministry, you know, I was, I was man, I was full and ready to go and ready mm-hmm. to preach. And, and God put me on this pastor, you know, that uh, I went in there and I began to tell him my pedigree and began to tell him, hey, man, this I've done this and I've traveled all over the place and preaching. And he looked at me and said, that is wonderful. He said, but the first job I want to give you to do, he said, I want you to go clean the toilets, and I want you to keep that bathroom clean. And I looked at him, I said, wait a minute, you didn't hear from God. Hold on. <laughs> I said, you didn't hear what I said. I said, now, wait, yeah, I, I, I traveled the country and preaching the word. And so he said, well, that's wonderful. He said, but I really, our bathrooms really need to be kept clean. Can you do that for me? And reluctantly, I changed to say, I did it. When I was scrubbing those toilets and I was complaining, I was saying, God, this man don't know who I am. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you're not doing that for him. He said, you're doing that for me. And he said, also, he said, that pride that you have, he said, that will keep you from elevation. That will keep you from promotion. He said, so clean these toilets and be quiet and do it to the glory of God. And I tell you what, I cleaned those toilets to where you could see yourself and you can clean that bathroom. And then one day my pastor came and he said, you know what? Now you're doing it from a right heart. He said, now I want you to, to, to be a greeter at the door. So I went from cleaning toilets to greeting at the door. And, and I stayed there at the door probably for a good two or three years. And after, I was happy to do it. I didn't even know there was a scripture for that. I was just happy to wait at the door. I didn't know David said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in, yeah. in the house of the Lord than, than dwell in all the tents of the wicked. I didn't know that was there. But once my heart was right, uh-huh, uh-huh. then he said, okay, now I'm going to let you preach. You know what? Um, so many times individuals will come into a church, and they do have their various gifts, and they're phenomenal and amazing. But they want to immediately get out of stewardship to ownership. And they want to get above the pastor to let their gifts be seen before men. I remember as well as being at church and with the gifts and callings and I preached and did this and that and there was a need at the church and it was need for that bathroom to be clean. Even though the pastor did not ask the evangelist young to clean it, nobody did it. But the Jesus in me caused me to get on my knees because that was not a mop nor broom in that bathroom. And the Lord dealt with my heart and said, can you trust me that I will protect you from any kind of germs? I said, yes. So I got on my knees and cleaned that floor 
with paper towels and that commode and kept it clean. And I remember the pastor coming in, and he made a statement and says, Jesus, this bathroom is smelling clean and good. And he says, who did this? I didn't say me or anything. I just did it. And I saw myself doing it all the time. I would get to the church early in order to clean it. Because working behind the scenes, that when people came, they saw the church in order. They were freer to do it. Now, the stewardship that I'm talking about is taking the talents and abilities that you may possess. And can you use it in whatever area there's a need at? And when you do it as unto the Lord, he takes note of it. He will put you in a position to go before kings and queens. When he see the humility inside of your heart, and I agree with you, Pastor Clarence, uh, about that. And I see so many times singers. Everybody want to be like this singer and that singer, and they want to mimic that sound, but they don't want to take care of the gift that God has given. They would take their gift and hide it in a hole and say that I cannot do what the gifting is that God has given to me because they are comparing their gifts to somebody else's. They cannot handle the things when it comes to your gifts and talents that somebody else can because of their them, their frame, their trials and things like that. And um, one of the things that I read was in Romans chapter 12, verse number 6. And it says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. What do you think about that? Well, uh, as far as the gifts that God gives us, we have to still step out on faith and to walk in those gifts. Uh Because even when you just mentioned uh, prophesying and you know God is speaking to you to speak a word, you still got to walk in faith and say, God, I'm going to be obedient to speak what you give me. Mm-hmm. Because just because you prophesy that word, that doesn't automatically mean that person's going to receive it. So you got to walk in faith and say, no, I know I heard from God. I know this is what God wants me to speak. But even in your, using your gift to sing, your gift to serve, whatever, there's still an element of faith that you have to walk into. So uh, I tell you, just, just you know, being obedient, so the voice of God and the word of God will cause you to walk in stewardship and manage what God has given you. And when we was talking, when you told me last week and told us last week what we're going to be talking about this morning, uh, I got a little convicted. And I'll tell you why, because the Lord's really been dealing with me about being a good steward of my body, of my health. <laughs> and, and he took me to, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, when he says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, mm-hmm. which you have of God, 
and you are not your own. For you have been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body mm-hmm. and in your spirit, which are God's. That means he owns my body. I don't even own my own body. Yeah. Now that I've given, surrendered my life to him and his lordship and his sovereignty, uh-huh. this body doesn't even belong to me. Uh-huh. So I have to be a good steward. So that means, man, I got to say no to Krispy Kreme. I have to say no to some things I want to do. <laughs> and I say, God, help me to be a good steward of this body. But that's why, you know, when, when we said we're going to talk about stewardship, I said, oh, God, because he had been dealing with me, and I've been doing better because I want to be a good steward, not just in my finances, not mm-hmm. just in, you know, in, in taking care of God's money and paying tithes and all of that, but also with my body, which, well, actually, it's not my body, it's his body. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to be a good steward of his body so that I can have the strength and the vitality uh-huh. and to run on and do what he's called me to do. But I won't have that if I'm not a good steward of his body. Isn't, isn't it amazing? You know, when a lot of people um, talk about stewardship, the vast majority would talk about it, the money, the Benjamin, the moolah. You know, and it's more than that. And, you know, stewardship, like Pastor was saying, about his body. And I'm looking at it as with the talents, you know. And you look at it even as parenting. We have to be good stewards of providing the necessary things for taking care of our family. And it goes far beyond a roof over their head, clothes on their back food on the table. It goes far beyond that. It encompasses teaching them the word, spending time with them, being example. Come on, Copac, and you just just following every other word. Go ahead. What else? What else? I I do understand being a stewardship. You lead by example. Uh uh So whatever your children see you do, they will actually mimic you. That's right. And it makes a difference, you know, the world is not surprised when in the world, you know, you see children at, you know, four or five and cuss mm-hmm. at a young age because that's the example they see in the house, so it's not a shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is when you are in love with Jesus, uh-huh. then your example that you show your children is, honey, watch your dad hug your mom, mm-hmm. not hit my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, what examples? Watch us pray. Mm-hmm. Because they need to see those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So can they see you being faithful? Well, dad and mom always going to church, so therefore you instill into your children about going to church. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad is always reading the word, so therefore they want to read the word. Because just still, if we are faithful and being the right example, they would actually be faithful. It takes me to the scripture that says in Proverbs 28, verse 20. It says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. So the blessings is not just talking about monetary things, uh-huh. but it's also talking about spiritual blessings because uh-huh. God gives you wisdom, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, to every situation that is in this world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if you're faithful and spending time with God, then he can start directing you and uh-huh. guiding you. So it still takes you, can you still be found worthy? trustworthy, uh-huh. faithful, accountable to God, because he's looking for people that's accountable. Men don't like to be accountable to nobody. That's right. You know, if we keep it real, you know, 
people that think they can do the things on their own, those are the ones that you find that are always by themselves struggling. Mm-hmm. But you need somebody, especially to be accountable to. Uh-huh. You know, true friends. You know, Jesus was more than a true friend. Mm-hmm. He was closer than anybody else. So he is somebody that we can talk to. So he is who we need to be accountable to. Amen. Come on, Pastor Tanya. Yes, when I think about uh, stewardship, uh, Pastor Young, you had said earlier, stewardship was faithful. And I believe that if you are faithful, God will make you able to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to paraphrase this because it's a lot of reading, but in Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, stewardship basically is first about relationships. Mm-hmm. It speaks about Zacchaeus' relationships and his possessions and by uh, consequences of his relationships with others. It's affected by Jesus, okay? Um, through our relationships with Jesus, we are changed. Mm-hmm. Our relationships with Jesus ignites within us the the desire to use our possessions responsibly to meet the needs of other people. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. 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 I have a couple of questions I want to ask. I'll just throw out. Why do people waste their stewardship? Why do they waste it? Their responsibilities and their gifting. Why do do they waste it? I'm putting it out to any one of us. Why, Why do we waste it? Amen. I think that some people don't don't understand that if God gives you a gift or calling, then it is unique to you because He saw that you can handle that, and it may be it may, it may not be uh, something that the whole world's going to see. Uh-huh. But to God, it is powerful and important because He gave it to you. Mm-hmm. And some people may not realize that. Well, it's not as good as. As someone else, I can't preach like the gal on television. I can't sing like she can. So they look at their gift as insignificant. But one thing that I, I understand of being a good steward is that when God gives you a calling, mm-hmm. he wants you to be a good steward even of that calling. Mm-hmm. Whatever your calling is, and mm-hmm. I think some people may not see the significance of their call. My mother, for instance, my mother didn't know Greek, didn't know Hebrew, but, boy, she was the best mom. Mm-hmm. that God called her to be, and she raised godly children, mm-hmm. but nobody outside of her family knows her name. But that was her call, and she didn't waste it because she said, I may not be, ever be on television, I may not ever go to foreign countries, but I'm going to be the best mother that I can be because God called me to do that. She didn't waste it because she saw how significant it was to raise godly children. Mm-hmm. I think people waste it because they don't know how significant it is. Mm-hmm. You, you made a statement that says they try to compare it. And, you know, in, in the book of Corinthians, it tells us we don't need to compare right. our gifts or right. that with that. Right. But I think when they begin to waste it, they begin to esteem their gifts mm-hmm. as non-effect. Yes. And uh, they're always looking at somebody else better than me. That lets me know that their self-esteem mm-hmm. is at the bottom thing. Mm-hmm. There are so many gifts that the Bible talks about the gifts of help. I am amazed at when I see people with the gifts of help. There are people that can go in and clean up your house or their house in, 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 in no time, you know, and, and do an excellent job of it, and they're not tired or anything. You go in and you say, I'm going to do the dishes, and you two hours later, you say, I'm still, I'm going to do this. And then they have those that are, 
with those gifts of hospitality and help. Right. You know, if you have different people that were coming to their church, they've already made ready places for them, mm-hmm. you know, to come and stay. And they do it at ease and to prepare a meal for them is it's effortless. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out a menu and they can take you know, this and that and put it together and, and heaven and it's wonderful. The aroma is something else. And we have those different gifts and they, some of them think that they can't do it. You know, I have seen urshers and you know there's gifting. I remember back um, when I lived in another state and I'm going to this church, the one thing that made me love that church is that usher. And uh, I came and then my uh, children they came after us, they were adults. And um, one thing I loved about him, and his name was Robert, when he found out my name, Helen, he said, hey, Helen, so good to see you. That was his big old smile. He made me feel like I was a part of it, even though I had not committed to joining it. And I never shall forget that one day I came in and my children were there. And he said this, oh, your son and your daughter, they're here. And I made sure I left a seat so that you could sit by them. Talking about stewardship of that gift that he had. I mean, it, it just made me light up. I did not even know he knew my children were. But because he was operating to the full max, 100% of him being an usher, he was not trying to be a preacher. He was not trying to be over the, over the bookstore. And he was not trying to be the deacon. He was the usher, and he did it to a degree that it made me come back. And I remember some years later, I was telling him my testimony of that smile that he had. And it, to him, it was just a regular thing. And uh, he walked in it amazingly. You know, and some other people were saying, oh, no, I, it's a bad hair day, and I can't smile, or I'm feeling bad, I got the wrong shoes on, so I can't do that. But when you walk in those different hells and be a steward of the gifts that God has given to you, others take note of it. Others take note of it. Co-Pastor Lewis? Okay, well, okay, one, one thing that I was seeing uh, when you talked about TV, um, it took me to, I think, some people take their gift where they don't get the accolades that they think they should get, they stop working in that gift. Uh-huh. And they stop being a faithful steward uh-huh. in the gift and the talent that God has given them uh-huh. because they're going in unto man. Uh-huh. And when man is actually not complimenting them uh-huh. or giving them the awards that they think that they should get, they say, well, what is the purpose of me using my gift? If you ain't going to give me the credit that is due, not knowing that you really are not working to man, mm-hmm. you really supposed to be working to God. I think that's one reason why some singers are in the position that they're in because they look and say, well, I got to be in the spotlight. I got to be on TV. I got to be on radio. Well, God might not call you for that. Mm-hmm. God might just call you to sing in your church. Can you be the best singer in your church? Well, that ain't good enough no, for me yeah, because yes, yes. I need to be seen up front. I need people to see my face. Well, people see your face every Sunday, you just show up. So I think that they look at it in that aspect, and the same with musicians. Musicians do the same thing. Well, I got to get my name out there. Well, in actuality, it ain't your name that you need to put out there anyway. It should be the name of Jesus that they need to see. We're just usable vessels. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they should really see us. Really, per se, they need to see Jesus through us. Uh-huh. 
said, yeah, you know what, my gifts are not adequate enough because people don't recognize me. Uh-huh. But yet, your audience is only an audience of one, uh-huh. which is God. Because if man look at you and say, well, you know what, I'm not pleased, that's okay. If I please God, that is all that matters. Mm-hmm. And the same, you know, when you minister, how you minister, can you minister effectively? Mm-hmm. Because if one person is saved by your mm-hmm. song, that is what it's about. Can you be faithful to minister, regardless of what platform you're on? Because you might be in the street. Mm-hmm. Because some people might not even go to the stage. Mm-hmm. But can you still be faithful and accountable to do your gift mm-hmm. and not hide your gift and not compare your gift? Because not everybody can be a perk. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can be a friend. Not everybody can be a Yolanda Adams or a Donnie or a Hezekiah. But can you just be you? God don't want no copies, no duplicates. Mm-hmm. He wants original people, original with their gifts. Amen. Pastor Ken. Amen. Amen. I was thinking about uh, Pastor CJ. He teaches a lot, gives us a lot of good word, and he taught us pride is an interrupter. And um, it's not about us anyway. Uh-huh. It's about uh-huh. the Father. And uh, Pastor Helen, whenever you were talking about the usher, uh-huh. he was anointed Yes. Yes. to be an usher the way yes. he Soft yes. the way the Lord was soft yes. And you never know how many people he actually ministered to uh-huh. with that beautiful smile every, uh-huh. Uh-huh. every, every single morning. Uh-huh. And so he was anointed. We're anointed to do certain things. There are people that are anointed to be anointed praise and worship leaders, mm-hmm. anointed mm-hmm. singers. Mm-hmm. But if we put all of him in what we do mm-hmm. and take us out of the picture, mm-hmm. then we'll be even better mm-hmm. stewards uh-huh. over what God has called us to do. Amen. 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 I have another question for you. <laughs> all right. What are some of the threats or challenges that would cause bad stewardship? What are the hindrances that would cause a person not to be able to cause their gifts to multiply? Okay, come on. Come on. Insecurity. Insecurity, okay. Not knowing who they are in Christ. Uh-huh. Because Christ designed us. Our gifts are according to our frame uh-huh. and our ability. Uh-huh. When you talk about the talents, one got five, another got two, one got one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was based on what they can handle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because each person can handle something totally different, you know. All because you can multitask and do two things doesn't make you, you know, any lesser than somebody who can multitask and do five things. You might be good at your two. If you do your two to the best of your ability, it is just like doing five. Uh-huh. Because it's according to the frame that you are. So some people don't like the frame that they made of. That's right. Come on, Pastor. Well, you know, you would, when you raise that question, what would cause some people to, to you know, to not be good stewards? Uh-huh. And I think one of them, and, and I've seen it, and if it wasn't for the grace of God and his mercy, it could have happened to me. Sometimes you, you start out with this vigor and mm-hmm. you start out with this energy, man, I'm going to do this. And after a while, you, you, you get tired of sometimes being in, 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 in just nobody knows your name. Nobody even knows you're alive. And some people get weary. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us, you know, not to get weary and well-doing, yeah. but after a while, you shall reap. You know, if mm-hmm. you faint not. And I believe some people just get weary, not understanding that God sees them. Mm-hmm. I just had this conversation today. It was interesting. I was talking to a wonderful brother that, that works for God and so forth, but he did say, man, I just wonder, does, does anybody even know that I'm here? 
And I told him, I said, let me, let me say this to you, brother. I said, God knows what you do, and I know what you do. Mm-hmm. I said, if nobody else ever knows what you do, God knows. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I know what you do. I said, brother, that is all you need. I said, because when it's all said and done, God is going to look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that reminds me of the scripture I want to read real quick. I'm talking about it is, in, it is in Luke chapter 12, uh-huh. verse 42, when it says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. That means when God gives you something and he says, okay, I'm gone, but I'll be back. And you may not see him for years, but you're still doing what he told you. Are you still singing in the choir, even though you're way in the back and you never get the microphone? You're still singing. Are you still ushering? Are you still serving? Because that's what he told you to do. He said, that is a wise and faithful steward. When the Lord comes back, he's still doing what he told you to do, even though it may have been for years and nobody else knows you're doing it. But he knows. Mm-hmm. And just piggybacking on what you said, I have seen people uh, cause their stewardship to rot mm-hmm. in this particular aspect. is that they've been there doing it for a long time. And somehow they are not getting the recognition that they want. Mm-hmm. They are not getting the, you know, the kudos and all of that. And somebody comes in. Take note of them and promise them green pastures over yonder. And they leave that place and they go over there and they realize that the grass is not green. Not knowing that had they stayed there and been faithful, elevation time was there. And they left just as the opportunity for promotion from the back to the front. So that would cause a challenge or a threat coming in. It goes back to pride. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, Pastor, it comes back into pride. And then Seth comes in and says, look at me. What about me? What about me? But it is in the humility of one that they recognize that their gifts are there. And they don't see beyond their nose what God is doing to them. I don't know uh, what Robert may have thought as he ushered on that door. But I thought about it. Every time that I went, it was in the back of my mind that I'm going to see him. And one day I didn't see him when I walked in. And I looked, and he was back seating somebody else. And he hadn't made it back to the door yet. And when I saw him, and he just put up a little hand and said, wait a minute. But that smile was there. I felt like, you know, I was, you know, felt like I was, yeah, you know what I mean? Somebody welcomed me and said it wasn't on the front row. It wasn't in the middle. Sometimes it was way there in the back. But they made me feel like I belonged at that place that I was in. And to me, that was stewardship of what God has given to him. It goes back to what we're saying is to the fullest and not get weary in well-doing. You know, we will reap if we don't faint. We will get what God has for us. And 
Why waste your stewardship, your abilities, and your talents when you can have it all if you only be what still to what God is saying? Amen. Come on, Pastor Claire. <laughs> well, you had said earlier about when you think of stewardship, you automatically think of the money, uh-huh. you know, being a good, and we should. Uh-huh. But there's something that I have wrote down here that I think addresses uh, what we've been talking about. Uh, it says more often than not, when we think of good stewardship, mm-hmm. we think of how we manage our finances mm-hmm. and how faithfulness in paying God's tithes and offering. Mm-hmm. But it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's more than just the management of our time, our possessions, or our environment, or our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stewardship is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. My God. Oh. It is our obedient witness oh. to God's sovereignty. Oh. And the Apostle Paul, when God gave him the 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 the, the call to preach the gospel uh-huh. to the Gentiles, uh-huh. that was his stewardship yeah. and to preach the gospel of truth. That's what he was called to do. Uh-huh. And and that's what we're called to do. It is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. God, you owns it all, but whatever you give me to do, I'm going to do it with all my heart. That's why Paul made the statement. He says, I am called to preach. And he began to tell him, you know, get somebody else to do the other work that is needed. And even Peter saying, you know, we're to do this, to get that gospel out. But there are needs. According to your gifting here in the local body, you need to baptize. You need to wait on the table. You need to make sure the finances and all are taken care of. But we need we we need to go out and minister. Not saying that the other are not; they are equally as important. But I can only do what God is coming. Come on, Pastor Young. You already said. You said when you said faithful witness. Uh-huh. It takes me to the scripture that says in Revelation one, uh-huh. verse five. It says, and from Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who is the faithful witness, uh-huh. and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, mm-hmm. and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was the first. Mm-hmm. The example mm-hmm. of faithfulness. He could have mm-hmm. turned around. He could have even said, you know what? I don't even want to come to the earth. Uh-huh. The devil people that's going to despise me, that's going to spit on me, that's going to crucify me, my own people. But he was faithful all the way to the end. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if you look at him, if he can endure the cross, Amen. how much can we endure? Because the words that he had never put on is the word we can bear. So faithful witness. He was a faithful witness. Over in Ephesians 4, verse number 7, it says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Yes, so he's already given that to us. And every gift that he has given, what's the, what's the purpose? To render back to God that he would get right, right. his part of it, get all of it back. And, and, and verse number 12 of Ephesians 4 says, For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we have stewardship that we are to administer to others and not to ourselves. Everything that we do is to give God the glory, give God the honor. He owns it all, like you said, Pastor. He already owns it all, so he just loaned it to us. You know, and we were in houses, and our yard looked all messed up and, you know, just 
unbelievable junked up mm-hmm. and things like that. But he calls us to be steward of that. Yes. And we're saying, I don't feel like it. He said, you asked me to bless you with the picket fence and the yard and all of that, and you won't even keep it. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember uh, some years ago, my father would say, you know, you ask God for a car. Keep that car clean. You know, let God know that you appreciate what you've given to him. You ask him for different things. God give it to her, and you don't want to take care of it. That's not a good stewardship. That's not a good, you know, caretaker of what he's given to you. Isn't God amazing, though, how he gives us those things that we do ask? And then when you're thinking about the good stewards and when we come down to the money portion of it, you say, God, bless me with a job. He says, okay, you blessed with a job. Then he says, all right. Are you going to be a steward of your paycheck? Are you going to go out and buy all of this and not take care of the responsibilities of taking care of your house rent payment or whatever, keeping the lights on, keeping the water on? Are you a good steward of that? And now comes that big portion. Can you tie it off of that? And what you were saying, well, Lord, I made $1,300. Uncle Sam got his part. My wife got her part. My kids got there. I only have $10 left. So that means I can give you that dollar. And God looks at you and says, are you a good steward of that $1,300, whatever it is? Can you not give me the tithes and an offering, two separate things, and being a good steward of the monies? And you're saying, how can I give you a tithe off of that? When my house notice, he says, the other part is by faith. Amen. Come on, Pastor Tim. On that topic, um, also, if people would realize just in, uh, you know, you ask God for a job, mm-hmm. when you do get paid, you should give his off the top anyway. Yes. It all belongs to him anyway. Yes. But if you give God his part off the top, yes. the 10%, yes. he'll bless the 90%. Yes, yes he will. He will yes, bless he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he he will. But we don't. We don't see that. I I see, Pastor Class. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just. I was thinking back on what my wife has said. When you, you know, God is God is the top, Uh and there's nobody above God. Uh So if we pay everything before we pay God Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. God can only bless what's beneath Him. Mm -hmm. He can't bless anything above Him Mm because there's nothing above Him. That's true. So you got to give God's first, and everything that what's left, God will bless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting there listening to her on that because stewardship, and 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 Co Pastor Lewis read the scripture, First Corinthians chapter four and two. He said, "Moreover, it is required mm-hmm. in stewards mm-hmm. that a man be found faithful. Mm-hmm. It's required. That's right. That's right. You got to be faithful. You have to be. You have to be a steward of what God has given to you, your gifts, your talents, and your ability. And one of the things I'm saying of the good stewardship is your time. Of your time, he talks about." He talks about uh, 24 hours in a day. A good steward would take at least two hours and 40 minutes and give it to the Lord in reading his word, in praying, then in prayer. And it's not always God bless me with the diamonds and the minks and all of that. It's, Lord, that you would bless others. How can I be a blessing to others? And stewardship. And 
we have to be aware of our time with the Lord. You know, and we're not in the microwave church business. You know, we're not. I, if God want to do something, I don't want to be where, gee, you know, if I go over this, Lord, I might just harden up and not come back. You know how it is with the microwave, put it in too long, it gets hard. But we're not in that kind of business. We're stewards of what God has given to us. I'm going to give God my time. I'm going to give him um the things that he, he already owns it. He already owns me. So I'm going to give him back my praise. I'm going to give him back my worship. I'm going to give all of that, taking care of my body, like you're saying. I'm not going to put the Krispy Kreme, the Shipley's Donuts. I'm not going to do that in the name of Jesus. You know, we're going to make sure that we, the Temple of Christ, is taking care of the stewards of this. And we're just about out of time. And uh, we never like to close our services without praying that if you've heard this message and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray a prayer. And as I asked Pastor Clarence Johnson, if he would uh, say a prayer to win you to the Lord, that you will accept him. I want you to bow your head. If you're able to, now you're driving, keep those eyes open and just repeat it verbally. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that those listening to this broadcast, Father, if they don't know you as Savior and Lord, Father, let them accept you right now. Let them proclaim your Lordship over their lives. Let them acknowledge that you died for their sins and that you were buried and rose again, that you're now seated at the right hand. Let them call on you, for your word says, you shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Father, there may be some here that, that are serving you, Lord, and they, they feel like they're getting weary. Lord, don't let them get weary and well-doing. You know who they are, and you know what they do for you. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and praise. Touch them now. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus. Amen. I want you to know if you prayed that prayer and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want you to uh, go and assemble yourself at a body of believers, a church there where you are, and be faithful there. And I love going to... Uh, uh, that you use your gifts and your talents there and be faithful there in the ministry. Now, if you've accepted the Lord, call me. I want to hear from you. I'd love to hear about you. Call me here. Pastor Helen Young. My number here is 405-840-4001 with Grace Worship Center here in Oklahoma City. Call and let us know that you've given your life and your heart to Christ. If you're in a different city, you ask the Lord to lead you to a body of believers where you can surrender yourself to that leadership there and that you will be blossoming because where you're planted, you will blossom there. And I just give God thanks for my uh, host and my guests that were there with Co-Pastor Lewis Young. Here's my Co-Pastor at Grace Worship Center with Pastors Clarence and Tanya Johnson of Transformation Church International. I thank them for being with us as we were able to break the bread of fellowship. And we pray and trust that you receive the nourishment from that particular scripture. Maybe it helped you. If it's so, let someone know that it did and that it blessed you. 
And once again, I want to thank you for joining us this morning for Breakfast with the Pastors. Amen. Thank you for coming and being a part of our talk show. This morning, Breakfast with the Pastors. I'm your host, Pastor Helen Young of Great Worship Center. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.